Welcome everyone to the Brookwood Care Ministries podcast at Brookwood Church. My name is Josh Masters. I'm the Associate Care Pastor at Brookwood Church, and I'm here with two other gentlemen who are on our panel. I'll let them introduce themselves. I'm Doug Wildman. I am the marriage head. We should stop that. Stop your, stop you, your laughing over there. Do you know your job? Yes, I do. <laughs> um, my name is Doug Wildman, <laughs> and uh, I am the, uh, the other Associate Care Pastor looking after uh, marriage and counseling. And I'm Gene Beckner, and I am the care pastor, and I get to work with these two fine associate care pastors. Uh, you're lucky in that way. Yes, I'm very lucky. <laughs> the last time we were together, the three of us were together on this podcast, we gave sort of an overview mm-hmm. uh, of care ministries and how we help people and what the philosophy is. But moving forward, we want to look more at specific topics that will help people. So we thought that today, uh, as we move into the holiday season, we just left Thanksgiving and Christmas is approaching, that we would talk about expectations during the holidays. Um, I think that we all have things that we feel are necessary to make the holidays feel real to us, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes those desires are not met. I can give a personal example from my life where um, one of the important things to me growing up was that we would go out and we'd cut down our own Christmas tree, and that would be called the Great Christmas Hunt. And I did that mm-hmm. through my childhood and then through my adults. But then when I moved here, Christmas trees won't grow here. Nope. Um, so my Christmas tree hunt is, you know, on the side of the road, picking a tree that's already been cut. And that's a hard um, transition for me because I associate that with the feeling of Christmas. Uh, and we all have those, those sort of things. Unmet expectations is a primary source of conflict in families during the holidays. So we're going to touch on three of the major categories in which that can happen. Um, In your marriage and in blended families, and then also during times of grief. And then we'll tell you how we can can help you with that. Um, Let's start off with marriages. Let's turn to Doug. Doug is our marriage and counseling pastor, and he'll start us off with our discussion for the first category. And then either one of us can jump in if we have something to say. So, Doug, let's say that there's a couple that just got married. They don't have any children yet. Let's not complicate it with that. But they're still coming in with different backgrounds and different holiday traditions. What are some things to consider when it comes to having healthy expectations of the holidays between a a married couple or between spouses? Well, I thought I would start off just by, you know, looking at why exactly family traditions are important. Mm. Um, you know, uh, to start off with, you know, we, we, when we follow family traditions, especially ones around Christmas, um, we're actively participating in the, in the family narrative. You know, we, we're saying, hey, this is my, my family, uh, my proud family heritage. I'm part of something that's bigger than myself. And so it helps us to kind of connect to something, um, something that's that's personal. Um, when I met my wife, um, I had been raised a Roman Catholic, and so I would go to um, Catholic mass on Christmas Eve, and that would be at about midnight. We'd finish by about one o'clock. We would come home, open one gift. And then the next day we could open up all the rest of the gifts. Whereas my wife, she's from a Swedish background. So they had a very different tradition. They had something called lutefisk. I think I was telling you guys about oh, this. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. That it's just, uh, for those of you who don't know, lutefisk is um, herring that is soaked in lye. 
And um, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, lie is poisonous, in case you don't know. Um, and uh, Ingrid's family said, we uh, we do this because it reminds us why we left Sweden. <laughs> so uh, anyway, it was, I'm telling you, it is nasty stuff. I'm, I'm sorry if you're Swedish. Um, you have to be kind to me because it's Christmas time and it's all about grace and all of that. But uh, anyway, it, it's terrible. And everyone agrees that it's terrible, but they do it because, well, it's what we do at Christmas time. Um, the other thing, though, is that um, we're remembering um, significant, endearing events. My my brother, as a little kid, used to have this blanket, and it had these little pills on it. It was old and tattered, and he would pull these little pills off. Um, he called them buggies, and he he made this little buggy tree, the Christmas tree, and it became like the one who opened up the buggy tree for the year. They were like the lucky one for the year. And so um, we also had this really kind of kitschy, like, nativity scene that was probably bought at some sort of swap meet nor, uh, near Tijuana. And it was just like plastic Jesus kind of thing. But it held so much significance to me personally that I still have it. Um, so these things, they're just that it's really about the meaning um, that we give to things. Um, when we have things that are meaningful to us, things that are pleasurable to us, our brain produces dopamine and it starts to relate those times when there was a release of that pleasure chemical um, to other times when you experience it again. So when you start going into Christmas uh, traditions and things, we start getting that natural kind of high. Um, and so that is what it is that people are experiencing when they're going in, in and doing their family customs, traditions, that sort of thing. Now, when we talk about the meaning of things, this is huge because what people are really um, longing for is that connection to something bigger than themselves. So right from the start, um, I think couples need to have a conversation about what their expectations are regarding Christmas. Um, there's, a, there's a great uh, verse uh, in the book of Romans. It's uh, chapter 12, verse 10. And here's what it says, if I can only find it here. I think it's in the Bible. <laughs> Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. So um, keep in mind that it's that, that feeling of connectedness with the things that we're familiar with that we're looking after. If we can outdo one another um, in brotherly kindness, what that means practically is we're trying to look after um, the needs and the wants of our spouse and um, choosing to stick with the ones that are very important and even get rid of some of the ones that aren't really that important and then come up with some of some new ways of doing things. So that all happens in the context of communication. Um, yeah, would you say, Doug, that there's ways, and we talk about this in Grief Share too, that there's ways that you can honor the past within new traditions. Absolutely. Right? And so when you're getting married and the two are becoming one, yep. that becomes sort of necessary, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes we we forget that the traditions that we have were started somewhere. Right. So, I mean, why not begin to look at doing something new? Ingrid and I, when I was a missionary over in Romania, started to uh, do a uh, a new tradition, which was going out and helping 
um, other people who were in need. So that was that's one tradition that in t- we intentionally did. That was something that both of us together could do. Mm. Um, so really, it's about serving one another, keeping in the spirit of really what Christmas is all about. Yeah, and now that's hard enough. That's that's sort of a task when you first get married to navigate that. But then when you introduce kids into the mix, that becomes even more difficult, especially when it's a blended family with step families and the different dynamics that come with that. So Gene, what are your thoughts on traditions and expectations during the holidays when it comes to blended families? Well, I mean, going back to what Doug said, I think you're dealing with communication and the expectations of how things are done, whether it's a brand new couple that has no kids or it's a blended family, you know, the earlier you start communicating about the schedule that you're going to have, um, in a lot of cases with blended families, it's different every year. Mm. Kids will be with one parent one Christmas, be with another the next. Mm. And so sometimes, uh, and we talk about this in Grief Share as well too, there's a, there's a new normal that starts to, to, to take place. Right. And so you may have to lose some things that you're used to doing, but you also gain some new things. And so I think one thing that parents of blended families can do that's very helpful is to pull the kids in and have them be a part of what the new traditions are going to be, uh, whether it's something that, that is um, very, very uh, serious and holds meaning or whether it's fun and holds meaning, you know. Uh, the the good thing about being around this area is you have a lot of different things that you can do, you know, go on. Like I know in Fountain Inn, you can um, do uh, horse carriage rides, um, you know, at uh, at the well, you can go ice skating. Um, there's some things in, I mean, there's all kinds of things in downtown Greenville and downtown Simpsonville that you can do that will create a new tradition. And it's kind of leading into the grief part, which I know you're going to talk about, but you know, as being able to talk about, you know, I, I miss doing this. I miss doing that. Right. Being able to be honest about, you know what, we may not be able to do that, but we can we can create something new. And I think uh, the parents, uh, a lot of it is their attitude towards creating something new. Right. You know, because what we can do is we can lose the excitement of the holidays because we're mourning the the old traditions that we had, which again may have started when a couple, you know, started out and had no kids and, you know, you had to deal with her parents and his parents, but you kind of got through that, hopefully. Um, and then now you have kids and maybe there's been a divorce or there's been a uh, a death and you have a remarriage. And so for each person that comes into play, there are expectations of how things, you know, you want things to be. And so I think it's really good now as we, ha- you know, we're taping this right before December 1st. That gives you time to kind of sit down as a family and say, okay, let's chart this out. Who's going to be here at what time and and start with this year, understanding that even next year it could be different. Like one thing that um, my wife Tracy and I did, we just – Chose to do something different last year, and we went up to Gatlinburg. 
and we rented a cabin. Um, her parents came with us. Our daughters came with us. Um, her son and the grandkids came with us. Went to Dollywood. We're not doing that this year. So for us, our traditions are are a little bit different in that we try maybe to do something different each time so that we can have, we value experiences, shared experiences, whatever that may happen to be at the time. Right. And do you think that when it comes to blended families, there are sometimes situations where parents are sort of afraid to engage the kids in that conversation for fear of triggering emotions or... Maybe, but I mean, I think you have to, you know, be honest. I mean, that's the whole thing is, is to, you know, we, we often hear a lot about speaking the truth in love is to be able to just say, you know what, this is, this is what it's going to be like this Christmas. You know, either the child is going to be with you or the child's going to be with the other, other family or, or what have you and say, okay, this is what we have. How are we going to make the best of what we have? Because if, as I heard someone say one time, if we stand at the door that's closed, we're going to miss the door that's open. Mm -hmm. So even though we don't have a perfect life or a perfect situation, and maybe that nuclear family's not together, the ability to say, this is what we have, so what are we going to do with it? And how do we make it special? Yeah, and and make it something of of value. Like, for instance, this year, uh, my brother and two sisters and I and and all of our family are going to meet uh, up in Charlotte where my brother lives. And for the first time ever, we're going to have a, um, everyone's going to be together and we're going to have a lip sync battle. So we've never done that before. Nice. So you can pick any song you want and the kids are involved in it and we're involved in it as adults. And so I'm sure we're going to be embarrassed and have some fun. But again, it's meaningful, but that's not something we've ever done before. So I think just to to recap that whole thing is is to have your children, again, if they're old enough, be a part of the conversation. And if during that conversation of of creating some new traditions or uh, doing something that maybe is different, that's also the time where the kids may be able to express their, you know, their hurt feelings that they're not being able to do what they've always done because it's a blended family. Right. Now, of course, the holidays are especially difficult when you've lost a loved one. And we don't have a ton of time to go into that today, but we do want you to know that we care about you. And if you are struggling with the loss of a loved one this holiday season, we want to be able to help you. Scripture says in Psalm 34, 18, that the Lord is close to those who are brokenhearted. And we want to be a reflection of that for people who are struggling. So at the end of this podcast, we'll say how you can get in contact with us. But certainly during the holidays, if you've lost someone, you're not only grieving, but people often have expectations that you're still going to fulfill whatever role in the holidays you and your loved one used to fulfill when they were alive. And you may hear people say things like, but you always host the holiday party. Or uh, it's going to be good for you if you keep doing such and such. Or aren't we going to do the cookie exchange? And they're going to put expectations on you. And you will probably put expectations on yourself that are not necessarily reasonable 
when you're grieving. And again, we want to walk with you through that and you can contact us. But one great tip that we learned from Grief Share about the expectations people put on you and, and again, that you put on yourself during the holidays is this. If you're grieving the loss of a loved one, one really good um, practical thing to do is make a list of everything that you do during the holiday season. And then give yourself permission to set boundaries and be honest about those things. And each thing on the list, you mark them off as either I can do this, I can't do this, or I'd like to do this, but I need somebody to help me. Mm -hmm. And then be honest about those things with your family and with your loved ones and with your friends. Give yourself permission um, to do things that are different. And as we've said in both these other situations, not every tradition needs to continue. And there are ways to create new traditions that honor your loved one, that are new, but honor the past. Uh, and that's a really, really important thing to do. Uh, again, grief is very, very difficult during the holidays. So don't hesitate to call us so that we can offer additional support. Is there anything that you guys wanted to add about the grief aspect of it? I have worked with a lot of grieving people through the holidays, and I have found that um, sometimes I think it's it's the you know the morning of uh, some of those those well obviously mourning the memories, um, even some of the traditions the uh, that that have been carried on that are no longer you know that person is no longer with them, so. Um, some people are actually really surprised at how much they're affected by, um, you know, having a Christmas without that person uh, for the first time, even for years to come. Right. It's as if, um, it's as if uh, there's a, a major part of themselves that is is missing. I would definitely uh, concur that this is probably the probably the hardest time of year for people that are that are grieving. Right, because they're not only going through their own grief, but they're also having expectations put on them. And on top of that, they're fearful sometimes that they're going to dishonor their loved one if something is different. When really we want to help people find a way to honor their loved one through the grief and take steps that are healthy. And we want to be able to do that with you. I think part of that too is, you know, giving yourself permission to grieve uh, because especially if this is the first year that you've been without someone that was you know, a loved one that's been with you, it may surprise you what impacts you. You may feel fine one minute and the next day you don't. You know, one thing I have noticed in, in my time with working with people is uh, the feeling that they should feel better than what they do. And so then they almost, you know, heap it upon themselves that why can't I get over this? Why don't I feel better? You know, I have I have family, I have uh, other kids that are here, or I have grandkids, or I have friends, and it's this great time of the year, and but yet they still feel sad and they feel alone or lonely. And I think giving yourself permission to have those feelings is going to help you better in the long run than it is to stuff it and go, well, it's Christmas, I should be happy. And put the put the smiley face on. So some final tips for when your expectations are not being met during the holidays, and there's certainly more than this, um, but communicate with God. Talk to God about it. Ask him 
why this expectation that you're having is so important to you and let him speak into that. Uh, also focus on the purpose of the holiday rather than how it's celebrated, right? Like what is behind, like Doug was talking about, what's behind those traditions is like a deeper meaning and concentrate on that. Uh, and communicate with your loved ones. Like Gene said, include your kids in that conversation, include your spouse in that conversation. You need to communicate what your expectations are. Uh, sometimes you can go through like a great deal of pain and nobody knows that you're upset about something. So make sure you're communicating. Uh, and then finally, what all of us have said is try to create new traditions with the people in your life that honor the past. Because remember, every tradition that you love and adore was started by someone doing something new at some point. That's how traditions are started. So if you're struggling during the holidays with expectations or with anything, we want to be here to support you. You can contact Care Ministries at Brookwood Church in several ways. You can call us at 864-688-8355. You can email us at careministries at brookwoodchurch.org. You can go on our website, brookwoodchurch.org slash care. And also we have a Facebook page where we put up all of our events and everything that's currently happening. And you can find that at facebook.com slash brookwoodcare. And we would love to connect with you. We'd love to walk with you and take the steps with you. So I'm Josh Masters uh, for Care Ministries at Brookwood Church. And we say Merry Christmas, and we look forward to seeing you next time.